One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com/weightloss. That's PlushCare.com/weightloss. PlushCare.com/weightloss. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on episode ninety-four, the Ezarhaddon Treaties. This so, is going yep. to be great. Oh my gosh! Here's goes. This is the. This is what this has all been building up to, right? Yep. Egypt has been uh, living around the Nile in peace for a very long time. It has been many, many hundred years since an enemy came into the Egyptian heartland. So mm-hmm. you can't really blame the Carta here for feeling safe. I mean, especially from the outside world, right? From outside yeah. of Africa. Yeah, the last people to invade uh, Egypt were the uh, Hyksos. Yes, and I mean, I guess the, you have the Sea Peoples, ago. but they not, they they weren't really much in a full invasion, right? The Sea Peoples. Yeah, they were a foreign invasion of Egypt, but the Egyptians crushed them. Crushed them. Crushed. I, them. I mean, a full <laughs> invasion. Not, I knew they were for a full invasion. Yes, they did crush uh-huh. them. Ramses. So, Egypt is feeling strong and safe. And they have a new king. I mean, because they actually have a new set of kings. They have the Kushite kings. Uh, yeah, we Nubians. talked about how Pi took all of Egypt. And uh, they, they, this dynasty has been doing great. They also control Kush, of course. So it's an mm-hmm. empire. Correct. And it they are empire. probably the, the second most powerful kingdom uh, outside of uh, the Far East. Right, going on now. Uh, what you see with, that's been going on since the 700, right? So it's like um, a great power struggle with the people in the middle, you know, as pawns, well, proxy war type of things. Yeah, we've seen the Egyptians try to do stuff in the Levant, but uh, now they have been doing it a bit too much. Mm-hmm. 
so all these things that have been happening, right? Like just like we just left off with that the sack of Ascalon. Why why would they rebel against the Assyrian Empire, right? Well, the Egyptians said, "Hey, we got you. Go ahead, let's get it started." But it didn't work out for them. It didn't work out very well. So let's see how it works out for Egypt. Well, actually, a little bit before, I, I know we mentioned that we said that they advanced to the brook of Egypt and stuff. But so there was a the, so the first, the, their first shot at it, Assyria. They don't talk about it much because they don't want to. They most likely lost to Taharka and his forces their first time that they tried in the mid six seventies. So now he's short. So now we got right Ezra had made a peace treaty with Elam. He took care of some business around. Uh, the other areas. He took care of the Arabs so that he can get across the desert, and now he's coming. Good news for the Cimmerians, probably. <laughs> probably. But um. look at how, uh, val- how attractive the Cimmerians are as an enemy compared to the Egypt, because the Cimmerians have nothing, <laughs> so you only fight them defensively to keep them away from you. Right. Egypt is full of riches. This is a prize. It is a prize, and it'll just stop him from messing around with all his areas, you know, in the Levant there. Yes. That's the plan. Okay, but we were, right, we were at 673, I think, believe we left off. Is that right? No, we left off in 674. Yeah. So the actual invasion, it's coming. So we had say that. It doesn't happen yet in 674. So yes. we're back to we're on 673 and that doesn't happen yet cuz there is something in between there that's kind of a big deal too that we're going to get into. Okay. Uh, so cuz on 673 it's a Babylonian chronicle, the 8th year on the 6th day of the month Aduru, um the king's wife died. Oh no. Yeah. So and on the 18th day of the month Aduru, Adaru, the army of Assyria captured Subria and sacked it. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, too. And Adaru um, was February, March, right? Uh, Adaru? I think, I think it was. Is February, March. Harvest Broadbeams, indeed. So, Ezarhaddon um, didn't take another queen. He, that was his queen, and he didn't take another one. His mother, Nakia, was a very powerful woman, and she became the queen mother. Oh, so, and did you know that the Syrian queens had their own standing army? I had no idea. That is amazing. I found out, I was like, well, what? It's like Circe has her own army, right? When did that happen? Uh, way back, like Tiglath Pilsner. I the worst pronunciation. Pilsner is a sort of beer. I know, I know. Pilsner or Kel. That would explain a lot. Pilsner. You know who I mean. Tiglath Pilsner. Yes. Back then, yeah. And then, um, so, yeah, they had their own army. Um, I actually wonder if maybe that's how Ezra Haddon got, you know, in the power so easily. Maybe uh, his mom had the, you know, she wasn't the queen, Nakia. She was uh, a wife of Sennacherib. She's Ezra Haddon's mother, very powerful woman. She took over the duties of the queen after Ezra Haddon's wife died. Yeah, if she if she wasn't the queen of Sennacherib, she was probably a favorite consort, and definitely had Sennacherib's ear. Yes. So yes, I think she she was very influential in the decision to get Esarhaddon into the crown prince position. She's a, supposedly a beautiful woman. She kind of reminds me of Olympus, right? Um, Alexander the Great's mother. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe she looked like. Um, Maybe she did. She so she was a very she's a powerful person. I mean, you could write a whole book, a movie about her, right? About 
um, Nakia. She became the queen mother. And Ezra Haddon now starts to realize he's also mortal. Right? Because the uh, um, Syrian wives are probably much younger than the husbands. Probably like 15 years. That was sort of the, the tradition. The, so Ezra, Ezra Haddon is older now. And we, we're going to talk about it too, that he wasn't very well. So in the next year, something happens is where he makes sure that, the, that his son is, becomes the next king. What's yeah. the word I'm looking for, Dan? I don't know. The transition to power. Succession. Yes. Yes, he's making sure that his succession is taken care of. Ezra Haddon is very religious, and so the death of his wife is also a you know, big deal for him. Yeah. I'm going to take a little sidetrack on this other thing that happened this year, though. Is that okay? Okay, go ahead. On the 18th day of the month the, of Aduru again, the army of Assyria captured Subria and sacked it. Okay, where, where? so I was like, where is Subria? That was one of those deals, right? I'm looking, 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 and boom, I find it. It's like, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, ancient city. Okay, where, where is it? It's in the mountains. It's in way uh, eastern Turkey today, sort of that border of Aratu and then Aratu and Assyria. It's kind of like Switzerland. It's its own kingdom, and everybody leaves it alone. The old, wow. the old kings of, of um, Assyria left it alone. They helped out Assyria. They would give information about Urartu. And, um, but the deal is, it was a safe haven for refugees, uh, like political refugees, murderers, all kinds of people, you know, deserters from the army. And it was by the religion that they couldn't turn them over. So this was like this special city that you were not allowed to touch. Amazing. Right? Totally amazing. It was a safe haven, like you say, right? It was protected by the mountains. But um, how about this, too? It's on the Batman River. There's a Batman River? How, that's like <laughs> What? And I found it on Google Maps, too. It's like, if you find this, this little settlement that they think was this kingdom, and this was probably the one city in it, is, um, it's on the Batman River in Turkey. Batman. So, Subria is really just means Northland in Sumerian and Assyrian. So they did dispatch tribute, emissaries, and, and intelligence reports, like I said, to Assyria. Um, Being a good vassal? Yeah, it was a good vassal. Right? There was like this underground railroad where people could, you know, escape. And <laughs> there's letters. Like you find these letters where they're like, I'm sorry, we can't, you know, we can't let, we can't let them go. Because why won't you do it? Well, the gods. I can't do it because I'll be punished by the gods. Good reason. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're superstitious like such. But, I mean, I would probably listen to Ezra Haddon than the gods. But um, they thought, I don't think, it not, doesn't, isn't really, but they thought that this area was the base of the Tigris River. Yeah. So that's a, usually a religious place in a, a lot of these old religions where, where a river starts. That's, you know, a special place of the gods. So that's kind of why. So, yeah, here's the, from one of the letters that was mentioned before. It says, a conversation between an Assyrian governor and the king of Subria. I asked the Subrian, why do you, why do you seize deserters from the Urartan king fleeing to Assyria and settle them in the city? Why do you protect, protect these deserters and not give them to us? His reply, I fear the gods. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Right? It is like Switzerland. It's high in the mountains. Mm -hmm. It's independent. Mm -hmm. People respect it. Mm-hmm. What does Ezra Hayden do? Hayden? He destroys it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, all good things must end. There is. I mean, I, put the, I like to put this letter, um, the letter that's translated into the, the notes, because the, Ezra Hayden writes a letter to Asser, which is kind of interesting, right? He writes a letter to the god Asser. And oh. I think it's maybe sort of saying, like, hey, I had to do this. Right, but if you you know he he brags about how he did how the king pleads for his life. He a couple times like he asked the king he says, "Listen, you got to give me these. You can't hold these prisoners." Some people think it might have been his brothers, the ones who rebelled against him in the beginning, because huh. he was probably after them the whole time. We, you know, we think, well, well that's, that's over, but he knows these guys are out there, and we don't know if he ever got them or not. So, it sounds like a good place to hide. So yeah, right. Where else would you hide? You know. They also, people think he, they, he, they were hiding in Narartu because they would protect them there. But we don't know. So then, so he talks about how he captured the city. So he built this, his siege ramp, and, this, and uh, the Syrians put naphtha on the siege ramp. That's like gasoline and like napalm, kind of. And they lit on fire, but then the wind, it blew the fire back and burned up the city. Oh, no. Yeah, and then he killed everybody, and it was, that was the end of Switzerland in the ancient days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just started to like it. Right? <laughs> then it went down. 
Right. I just, I, I got to, I thank you for like having, because this period of history I hadn't studied and I've been studying it. I just enjoyed it so much. I really do. I hope the listeners do because that is just such an interesting little deal to me to find this little city on the Batman River that, you know, <laughs> ha- hid these um, prisoners and murderers and deserters. It just reminds me of like Dungeons and Dragons or one of those old movies, you know, you could just see these. We got to get to Subutu. We'll be safe. Yeah, I'm thinking of early Rome as well, according to legend. And that's true. That's everybody true. was an outlaw who had nowhere else to go. That's right. That's right. That's where, you know. And and bring that last part, I'll, I'm sorry, I'm going to sidetrack, but um, it's the Subrians practice the art of augury, which is a way to predict the future by studying the patterns of birds in the sky. And this continued after this destruction. And I remember learning that the Etruscans also practiced this. Well, of all the weird ways of predicting the future, this is, has at least have some relevant information because birds are going to Africa. That probably means it's winter. Oh, well, that kind of future too. But I think they mean like the patterns. Like, oh, if it's that kind of pattern, that means that, you know, your wife is going to have a boy. Yeah, that, you know, that that's what they stuff. mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, human beings are big on cause and effect. So it's like, oh, well, if the birds look like that, and there was a rainstorm, then the next time the birds look like that, there's going to be a rainstorm. Yeah, we'll encounter a lot of stupid ways of trying to predict the future in we ancient will. history. Mm, That's not indeed. over with the Subrians. No, no. It's, uh, you know, people still do it today. We have tarot cards and all that stuff. So, so that's uh, Subria. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, thank and you for finding that. You're welcome. Thank you for allowing me to look for it. And then 672 now is a big year. All right. I hope we even get to Egypt here because this is like scholarship all over, you know, scholarship up the wazoo, we would say in Scranton here about the Azarhaddon Succession Treaty. This was a big deal. There's a lot of scholarship on this. There's a lot of information. We have the copies of the treaties. There was nine treaty. There was nine found, and then a tenth one most recently was found in 2009. Wow. um, So there's this, it's a treaty. The succession treaty, the saying that his sons, Ashurbanipal, was going to be the king of Assyria, and they're splitting it up. And then his other son is going to be the king of Babylonia. So he's dividing the kingdom. Oh. Um, well, he's probably not, because uh, the, the, it's, it's a way of putting an Assyrian as a king of Babylon, so that Babylon has a proper king. But he's still... Uh, subservient to the king in Nineveh. Well, that will cause problems in the next decade. <laughs> oh, <fine>. yes. <laughs> oh, yes. We should, probably mention, <laughs> we should probably mention that this was a plan uh, earlier, but it involved the, the crown prince, Sin Idini Apla, who died in 672. Mm-hmm. So that was the guy who was supposed to rule the empire, but he mm-hmm. dies... And then Shamashub Ukin, the second son, nice. who was destined to be the, he was designed, designated to be the, the ruler of Babylon. He remains the ruler of Babylon, but the younger Ashurbanipal becomes the crown prince to inherit the empire. So Shamashub Ukin is kind of bypassed here mm-hmm. by this younger half brother. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't cause any problems, would it? No, I doubt it. 
Oh. I'm sure they're fine. They like get along famously forever. This it's always a good idea to divide your empire. I've always seen every time a king <laughs> divides or emperor divides his empire before he dies, nothing ever happens back no, afterwards. Not, nothing ever. No. Always lasts. This succession treaty is the longest Assyrian treaty known, which is quite fascinating. And it's full of fearful curses. Oh, my God. Can you read some of them for me, please? I mean, they're, they're serious, but they still they crack you up. Here. Yeah. You're there. May Ninerta fill the plain with your blood and feed your flesh to the eagle and the vulture. Can I do the next one? Please, please. May Istar makes your wives lie in your enemy's lap before your very eyes. Instead of grain, may your sons and daughters grind your bones. Bathe in blood and puss as in water. Nice. May tar and pitch be your food. May donkey urine be your drink. <laughs> that should be pretty scary if you then break this treaty and then suddenly you decide this, this wine tastes like donkey urine. How, how can that be? Oh, no. Oh, it's no, the gods. The treaty. Damn. I should I just, have broken the treaty. So funny. It's like, it, and, and like I read the treaty. Like I, I had, it'll take you half an hour to read it. It goes on and on. And written in cuneiform, marking on these little tablets. I could just it, imagine him reading it. Imagine okay, the life of this treaty breaker. He's sitting there with this drink of wine, and it turns out to be donkey <laughs> urine, and he's looking over the room, and is that my wife in my enemy's lap? <laughs> and so, so, hey, sons and daughters, how are you doing grinding the grain? <laughs> hey, what are you doing with my bones? <laughs> Shut up, Dad. Take a bath, bath in blood <laughs> and puss. <laughs> and then some eagles and vultures show up and take your eyes. And oh, my God. I mean, then sir, you really like... regret breaking the treaty of no. Ezarhaddon. Don't break the treaty of Ezarhaddon, for sure. I mean, right? It goes on and on like that. There's a bunch of them in there like that, like just over and over. Like it's like illegal. Like I don't want to miss anything. Look back to Mighty Python. It's like the holy hand grenade. Count to three, not five. Make sure you. It's like everything, and then it's got like if any of your uncles or your brothers or your cousin or anybody in the line or any eunuch or anybody should malign Astarbanipal, the great crown prince, crown prince designate. Speak evil things about him. Then all these things should happen to you. Then you should kill them. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And like I said, there was 10 copies of them that we know of. Yeah. And they were all over the empire. And there were ceremonies to do this. Like, this is how he wanted to make sure that there was not going to be... He wasn't going to... His sons weren't going to have the same problem he had when he, when he his succession came. And it's sort of similar because the other crown prince had recently, you know... They changed who the crown prince was going to be, and obviously there was going to be some, you know, trouble. So he went all over the empire to all his governors, to all the client kings, to everywhere, and with and there was this was a this was a treaty signed by Asser. There's three seals on it. There's the a new seal, then there's a seven hundred year old seal and a thousand year old seal of Asser. So this is like. Because the king is the representative of Asher on earth. And this comes from Asher, that Asher Banapal and his brother, this is the succession. Any of these other things, you're going to be drinking donkey urine because that's the deal. And it was literally put in temples and worshipped as a covenant. Wow. So that reminds me of another covenant, getting back to my, you know, the Old Testament. There was a covenant in the temple 
that was, you know, the Ark of the Covenant from Yahweh, right? Yeah. So this was a this was a thing in the Middle East where these were actually the gods' orders and you know put in the temple, and they just found out realized this because the te- um, tablet that they found in 2009 was smashed in the temple. Wow. And it was found where it would have been displayed in the temple. And that's how they realized this was a, you know. So this was a big deal. I mean, you can go, you could, we could talk for years about this. I'm sure these, um, you know, um, scholars, they do. And there's even, I, um, if you, in the Bible, uh, Deuteronomy, a lot yeah. of, so there's two parts in Deuteronomy. There's two passages 13 and 28 they sound just like it it's curses the whole business <laughs> you know yeah assyrian so, curses have been a part mm-hmm. of treaties but yahweh will do it before. to you all these terrible oh. things if you break this you know treaty so that's it, it i don't know i find i find so interesting i hope i hope our listeners do as well wow so yeah so i i'll, I'll post that that the the um i'll post the uh full text of the treaty um you could read it i mean it's it may put you to sleep at some points but you'll get a good you know about these curses there's a lot of them yeah lots of them <laughs> amazing so i'm um, um, just a little i, I just want to just real quick too like we were going to say you know so azurbanipal he's going to be the crown prince of assyria and the brother uh shamashumukin was supposed to be of uh he's going to be the ruler of babylonia Karen Radner says that they're twins. I, I, I don't see that anywhere else, but he says she says they're twin brothers, which I don't know. Maybe we have to bring her on to talk about that, too. Yeah, I always had the impression Shamashamukin is older. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, too. I, I had me to know, I was, when I was Google looking for him, I found there's like a, a website, genie.com, which is like genealogy. You could put like you could put your name in there, your picture in there and stuff. Somebody put, put Shamashamukin in there. Like they they claimed him like as them. <laughs> Good, <It's> really funny. <laughs> but so yeah, that's the treaty of um, the Ezra Hayden succession treaty. Like I said, it's a big deal. It's a, it was a big tablet. The tablets were big. You know, they were bigger than normal cuneiform tablets. They're written in two sides, or a couple pages, like horizontally. It's like it's it a big deal. Must have been a lot of work to produce one of these, and there there were probably hundreds. Oh, and then and, and you when you read it too, like the way parts it'll say ditto, ditto. It's almost like Ezra Haddon is like reading it to the scribe, and he's like punching it in, and can they afford? You know, it's like one letter is like seven, and he's punching it in, and, you know, mark it in. And he's like, and also if your brother and your cousin, and the, the scribe just puts ditto. <laughs> <laughs> so who is this guy that Ezra Haddon is so intent on becoming his crown prince? Who oh, is Ashurbanipal? Ashurbanipal is the third son, born in third six eighty six. His name means Asher is the creator of an heir. So the Hebrew Bible calls him Asenapar. That's um, the first, uh, the first Assyrian uh, king I think we know the birth year for. I think so. Yeah. Oh. There, there's um, so he's the youngest son, and um, we we will learn a lot about him because he. He obviously will become the well. Well, well he's not the youngest son, right? If he's the third, he's son. the third son. You're correct. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, and his mother is Nakia, which is important because his mother is, you know, like I said, she's that powerful woman. Uh, she, and the queen mother, the original queen mother, is dead. Yeah. 
So, you know, that's a big deal inside. You Just like I say, if you think of Game of Thrones, you know, and it's sort of like, yeah, Cersei was, maybe she was number two, and then the other one's gone, and now she's in charge, and she's going to make sure her son is the one. There is one important thing to know about Ashurbanipal above all others, and the reason that he stands as a statue outside of the city hall in San Francisco. Um, he was not meant to be the crown prince. So he picked another career that no Assyrian king ever picked before him. Of course, they couldn't. He became a scribe. Mm -hmm. And he is now the first Assyrian crown prince ever who is able to read and write himself. So you couldn't get away with writing ditto on your, <laughs> on your cuneiform That's tablet right. if he is the one dictating because he knows how to read and write. Right. And that is a special power he will put to good use. Yes, we find his library, right? Yeah. But we'll, we'll talk so much about Ashurbanipal in upcoming episodes. I think yes. that's all we need to say about him yes. now. Yes, but he will be important. But that is, that's pretty um, interesting that he, he could read and write cuneiform. Yeah, and he's the last of the great Assyrian kings. Mm -hmm. That is true. True, true, true. So, and he, he, he will, we will run into him again very, very soon. So now we made an entire episode about this, right? Yes, I know. The next one's going to be great because Taharka, is, he's kind of more well-known than some of these other characters. So I think you're yeah, going to know he, about He's him. going up against uh, pretty stiff opposition here. Mm -hmm. Definitely. The greatest army in the world. Mm -hmm. But I bet if you put Taharka versus S.R. Hayden in man-to-man -man combat, I'm pretty sure Taharka would probably wipe the floor with him. Probably. <laughs> All right. So, uh, give us reviews on iTunes if you can. Uh, we very much appreciate that. Uh, reviews on iTunes make the podcast more visible. You can find us on Facebook. There is a Final History page, and that's a good way to message me and Bernie. So, thank you for this episode. Next time, we will deal with Egypt versus Assyria. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, now it comes down to the showdown in the desert. Yeah. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.